Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful for the difference Jesus has made? Come on, let's give him praise here tonight. Let's give him worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout if you're thankful that one day Jesus stepped in and he turned it all around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. How many thankful to be in the house, Lord, here tonight on a Wednesday night and to feel what we feel? Amen. How many enjoyed that service here this Sunday? Amen. Thankful for the word of God that came forth, uh, Brother Shoemaker preaching and ministering just what he felt in the Holy Ghost. And uh, I, I really feel it uh, in, our, in our church that we have a church full of people that are harnessed to the vision of what God wants to do in this region. And uh, amen. that means you and I, amen, we're, we're excited that God is going to use us to fulfill his mission. Amen. Each and every one of us has a purpose in his kingdom. Amen. And it is our job to walk in that calling. Hallelujah. And so I'm thankful for that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Psalms chapter 1 and beginning of verse number 1. Man, it sure feels good around here. And I've noticed as of late that it has just been, you know, there comes a, a point in momentum that, uh, you know, if you, if you get a train out here in Virginia City and it, it wants to get moving, steam engine, and you were to put something on the railroad track before it gets going, it's going to hinder it from getting moving. It's going to cause that, that great steam engine is going to have to push and work, and it's going to chug a chug a chug a little choo-choo train that could or whatever. It's going to try. But it's going to have a lot of trouble getting over a small object. But if you get that thing going before you put the small object there, it's got a lot of momentum behind it. And you can have that, you can have that train busting through brick walls. Amen. And what I feel in my spirit is as of late that God is just helping us get a lot of momentum. Amen. And, and, and the things that maybe would have tripped some people up before and maybe would have hindered some people before, it, it's no longer going to be an issue because there's such a momentum. Amen. That the things that have held you back, I'm just speaking what I feel in the Holy Ghost, the things that have held you back and held you down for so long. Amen. There's enough power in the Spirit. Amen. There's enough momentum. Amen. That you and Jesus, that the church and Jesus has going. Amen. That you can break through those walls. And break through those barriers. I just feel that in the Holy Ghost for somebody. Why don't you lift up your hands and receive that word here tonight. Come on. God's, God's got it working out. God knows exactly what he's doing. And if you just keep in sync and in alignment with what God is doing in your life, there is nothing that can stop us. There is nothing that can hinder us. Amen. God, I pray that you would continue, amen, to, to help us to propel forward in the kingdom, God. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know. I just felt that this afternoon for somebody, and I hope it's a blessing to you. Psalms chapter 1. And beginning in verse number one, blessed or blessed, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. See the progression there? Walking with them, standing with them, and then eventually sitting with them. But his delight, speaking of the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he do, he doth, shall prosper. Whatever they do shall prosper prosper. Amen. I, I just feel like being a prosperity preacher tonight. Amen. Whatever you do can prosper. Do you believe that here tonight? And I want to I give us the keys, uh, the keys to, to living a prosperous life. And uh, I want to just teach and preach a little bit on this subject. Planted. Planted. Would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our hands and let's pray. 
God, I trust your word. I believe your word. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. God, you said of those that were blessed that their delight would be in the law of the Lord. That, God, those people would be like trees planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in the season. Amen. Leaves that don't wither. And whatever they do shall prosper. God, we claim that word. Amen. We claim that prophecy. We claim that scripture. Amen. Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. God, help me to teach this and preach this here tonight the way that you have given it to me in Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Praise God. We're having church. Even something's rumbling outside. Must be somebody's base. My brother had one of those trucks. You know, it was a little tiny truck that uh, the, the sound system cost more than the truck. And uh, if, I have, if I have to say what a few times, because I rode in that truck one too many times. And uh, amen. But I want to talk to us tonight about, about planted, being planted. Man, I want to use this scripture text. Amen. I, I want to take this and teach this and preach this here today. Uh, for the benefit of our future, for the benefit of your future. And uh, amen, it feels really good in the house of the Lord. And we've have been having incredible, amen, revival. And God's been moving and, and visitors have been coming. And people have been connecting and getting uh, more and more committed and more faithful. And I see all those as great signs of a growing church and great signs of a revival church. Amen. And so I want to help add to the to the puzzle here today just a few more things to help us, amen, in our future. Amen. In the wisdom uh, that God gives, the author begins the book of Psalms and begins writing to his audience. In Psalms chapter 1, he starts off by telling them to reject the lifestyle of the wicked and to be loyal to God. And in fact, if you look through the entire book of Psalms, you'll see this contrast between the wicked and the righteous, or the wicked and the blessed. You'll see that the psalmist is uh, contrasting the wicked from the righteous and emphasizing that the wicked are eventually destroyed while the godly prosper under the Lord's protective care. But you just look through the book of Psalms and you'll find many times where whether it be David or Asaph or some of the other writers, they will go and they will do this. They'll talk about, and it almost seems a little, uh, it seems a little weird to us in our modern culture. When we think about writing songs, we want to focus our songs solely on the good attributes. Amen. Blessed, favored, good things. But when David wrote it, he said, let my enemies melt like wax. <laughs> And he talked about his enemies and the wicked, and uh, and and I had to read a psalm this weekend. And uh, in the middle of it, I'm reading the psalm, and and uh, it's all these great and wonderful things. And then he's like, "Oh, how I hate the wicked, and Lord, I hate who you hate." And my goodness, it's just not a great thing when you're talking to a bunch of sinners, but because uh, they get the wrong view of God sometimes. But David had no problem writing about this. There is a contrast between. The righteous, the blessed, then also the wicked. Amen. He starts the entire book of Psalms by describing to us what a blessed man looks like. Amen. And the way he describes what a blessed man looks like is he contrasts it beautifully against the wicked. Amen. Does anybody here tonight want to be blessed? Amen. Is anybody in the house already blessed? Amen. I should see everybody's hands, amen, up in the house of the Lord. I, I believe that everybody's desire is to be blessed. Nobody wants to live a cursed life. Nobody wants to live a life below. And I'm not just talking about monetary blessings, although we, we, we can't allow the charismatic church to hijack that because it's a biblical principle. Amen. You look through your Bible. Abraham was blessed. Amen. Not just, amen, on, on, on a life blessing, but he was monetarily blessed. Amen. Egypt, the entire nation of Egypt paid attention to Abraham because he was so blessed. Amen. You look at David, and there were people that were coming by to give David more because he was so 
blessed. You look at Solomon and the Queen of Sheba shows up and goes, man, the people of God, not just the king, but the entire people, blessed are your servants and blessed are your people and blessed is the church and blessed. I do believe that we are called of God, amen, and God lays his blessing upon us. Man, I do believe that. Blessings come in every way. They come, amen, monetarily, but they also come, amen, they're spiritual blessings that we can't quite quantify, but God blesses us. There's, amen, things that come to us that, that maybe we didn't deserve in the moment, but God saw it fit to give, us, give it to us. That was a blessing, amen. And some people, in fact, you'll read it in the book of Psalms, they get a little tripped up because they, they look, and it was Asaph that wrote and said, when I consider the prosperity of the wicked. He's looking at the blessings or the prosperity of the wicked. He said, my foot almost slipped. Amen. Because we've got to understand, amen, and, and, and we, can, we can consider the blessings of the wicked, and we can consider the prosperity of the wicked, amen, and, and it can start to make us slip. But, amen, that's what happens when you and I start counting everybody else's blessings. But when we start counting our blessings and how good God has been to us, uh, my foot stands firm, my foot is planted, I... I'm so grateful to the Lord. Amen. Nothing's moving, nothing's shifting, and nothing's shaking out of the way when I consider the blessings that God has put on me. I'm not concerned with what the world's doing. I'm concerned with what the Lord is doing. Amen. He starts it off by talking about the blessed man or blessed individual. This word blessed translates in two ways. First, that word can translate happiness or contentment. In other words, happy is the man or happy is the woman or content is the man or content is the woman. But this word also can, can denote what type of person this individual is. It can mean to be straight or to be right or to be righteous. So it can read, amen, righteous is the man and righteous is the woman or straight with the Lord. Blessed is the man is speaking of the happiness, the blessedness, the contentment in the life of the man or the woman, amen, who is right with God. Hallelujah. There is no greater blessing for you and I on this earth than to know that we are right with God. Amen. There is no greater contentment that can come into your life. The Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, uh, living right with your God and serving God. Amen. There's no greater joy and no greater happiness and no greater contentment. And it brings great gain into your life. Don't let the world lie to you and just tell you that you live any way that you want to live and you can still have all of that. I'll tell you what, there's people right now that are staying up at night. They, they can't sleep. They've got more money than they can count, but they aren't getting any sleep. Amen. There's some blessings that they can't receive. Amen. Because they, they're up tossing and turning all night because they know they're not right with God. Amen. But the Bible is letting us know that the righteous individual will be a blessed individual. They will be a happy individual. Amen. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, as we are opening and we're reading, amen, what the righteous and blessed man does not do. He starts it off to contrast it. Amen. I want to tell you there's some things that you and I are blessed by, amen, or blessed because of what we don't do. Amen. To be a blessed or a righteous individual, there are some things that you and I don't do. Hallelujah. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things we also do, but there's some things that we do not do. And he continues to say that the blessed man, the righteous man, is one that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. They do not stand in the path or the way of sinners, and they do not sit in the seat of the scornful. Amen. He starts off, he says, they walk not, they stand not, and they do not sit. Amen. The blessed man does not do certain things. 
Amen. There's a world out there that have you believe you can do whatever you want and still be blessed. You might have money, but you're not blessed. You might have a house, but you're not blessed. There are some things that you and I must refrain from. There are some things that you and I have got to stay away from if we want to truly be blessed of God. And the church said amen. There is a way that the blessed man will not walk. There is a path that the blessed man will not stand in. And there is a seat that the blessed man will not sit in. Man, this is where we get to, amen, the real rubber meeting the road Christianity. This is where you separate the men from the boys and the girls from the women right here. Amen, because it's those that can refrain, those that have the ability to say no, those that have the ability to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow after Jesus. When we talk about those that walk in the counsel of the godly, that stand in the way of sinners, that sit in the seat of the scornful, we can say that these are speaking of those uh, that are thinking, those that are behaving, and ultimately those that are belonging. The righteous man and the ungodly man are different in how they think. Amen. I want to tell you, if you're going to be righteous, you're going to have to think above the common individual. Amen. The Bible says that we've got to have our minds transformed and renewed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What you, as a man, think of the Bible says, so is he. Amen. We've got to have our minds, amen, stayed on heavenly things. And I've got to set my affection on things above. Amen. I don't think like everybody else thinks. Amen. I, my mindset can't be like the mindset of this depraved and lost and dying world. If I'm going to be a blessed man, if you're going to be a blessed individual, you can't think the way that your family's been thinking. You can't think the way your neighbor's been thinking. You can't think the way, amen, that, 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 that social media is thinking. And you can't think the way politicians are thinking. You you can't think in the ideology of some person, uh, amen, or some, amen, great actor. You've got to think, uh, amen, in the mind of Christ. Uh, you and I have got to have our minds washed uh, by the blood of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Praise God. We've got to make sure we don't think the way that everybody else thinks. Amen. We don't behave. Hallelujah. Somebody said, behave yourself. Amen. The Bible says that you might know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. Amen. And there's some that have used that as license to get people to uh, just do what they want them to do. Amen. I, I'll talk about that at another time. I want to tell you, worship is the right way to behave, your health, behave yourself in the house of God. Hallelujah. We read it last week. Amen. David changed his behavior. Amen. That's not just talk about he changed his attitude. That's David changed how he acted. He started worshiping God in the midst of, a, amen, turmoil. I want to tell you, uh, the world doesn't understand how the church behaves themselves. Blessed people behave themselves a little differently. See, the world go through a trial, they get on social media, and they complain about all the things that have gone wrong and get a little pity from everybody else. But a blessed individual stands up and says, man, God's good. A blessed individual just behaves themselves a little different. They don't lose their marbles every time something goes wrong. They behave themselves as somebody that knows that God's been good to them. And finally, amen, we also make sure that we know whom, to whom we belong. There are certain groups we do not belong in. Certain places we do not belong in. And there are certain things that we don't, we don't attribute to ourselves if we're going to truly be a blessed and righteous individual. But if you look at this, it shows a progression. It shows a progression from how we walk to how we stand, and eventually it shows where we're going to sit. Amen, this is a typology. It's explaining, amen, the progression of sin. Amen, you just start walking in a direction. This is where you see Lot pitching his tent towards Sodom. It's a directional thing. He starts walking in the counsel of the ungodly, and then before it's all said and done, he's standing in the 
gate of the city. Uh, amen. And then eventually at the end of his life, he's sitting there. Uh, amen. Bitter and scornful. Amen. That he lost everything. I want to tell you that's exactly what sin will do to your life. Uh, it'll draw you away from God according to what your desires are and according to what your lusts are. But I want to tell you, I came to preach to some blessed folks, uh, the blessed people. Amen. The righteous individuals uh, don't walk, amen, certain ways. Uh, amen. And go certain places. Uh, we don't stand in certain places. Uh, and we certainly don't associate ourselves in certain ways. I want to define this because I want to help us understand here tonight. Walking not in the counsel of the ungodly. Amen. That lets us know that the ungodly have counsel. And the righteous and blessed individual will not walk in that counsel. With all the advice, amen, that comes to us from so many different sources. Amen. I want to tell you, this generation has got so many sources of advice and people that think they've got it all figured out. Uh, amen. They're coming at us left and right, and everybody wants to give us counsel and tell us exactly what we need to do. Amen. I want to tell you, even big governments rising up, telling the people exactly what they should do and how they should live. And I want to tell you that there's there comes an element, amen, where you need you need somebody to step in, amen, and help set some boundaries. But amen, there are also is a time where it starts taking away, amen, the freedoms and the rights of people. And we've got to, as the church, amen, realize, uh, amen, that you didn't give me the right to worship God, so you can't take it away. And I'm not going to I'm not going to let somebody that has been elected, amen, tell me whether or not and give me counsel whether or not I can go to the house of the Lord and I can worship God. I'm not trying to cross swords with anybody here tonight, but I've just made it up in my mind. Uh, you don't even have the Holy Ghost. You haven't even amen, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, but you want to tell me what the right thing to do is. I'll tell you what the right thing is. Uh, we ought to tell everybody about Jesus because uh, he's about to split the sky and show up, uh, and I'm not worried about getting sick and dying. I'm worried about a world that is lost and dying. See, because when I die, uh, I go to heaven. Uh, but if my neighbor dies, uh, they might not make it to heaven. Uh, so I've got to weigh out the risks. Uh, and the risk of them going to hell is a lot bigger than the risk of me losing my life. Uh, for me to live as Christ, uh, but to die is gain. I'm not going to listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you, this is insanity. They're telling the church that you can't, you can't gather together, amen, and go to church. You can't gather together as a family. You can't have family time for Christmas, but you can pick up strangers' candy on Halloween. And, amen. You can have a concert that just killed eight people. Brother Jonathan was telling me about that had 50,000 people crammed together, not a mask in sight. Everybody cramming together, and they started crushing another. This is our world, and they'll all stand and say, this is okay, but don't go to church. You can listen to this, but don't listen to the preacher. You can, this, is, this is what our world's propagating. They're doing it through social media. They're doing it through every avenue. Amen. But I want to tell you, they're coming from every source. And I don't want to just hit on one thing because I know that that gets into politics. And I didn't come to get into politics here tonight. But, amen. But I want to tell you that, amen, the first responsibility of the blessed individual is you've got to be able to discern what is ungodly counsel. Hallelujah. Many fail at this point. They don't even consider whether or not the counsel is godly or ungodly. Typically, they just hear the advice, and if they like it, they take it. Amen. As long as it gives them a theory about their problems, uh, amen, they find themselves agreeing or disagreeing without even considering the question, uh, is this godly counsel or is this ungodly counsel? Uh, amen. How does this stand up uh, according uh, to the word of God? Let me bring it back to the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to tell you, whether you and I believe it or not, there are, there are devils that come to church and there are people that operate under the spirits that they don't even know they're operating under. And they'll start whispering in people's ears and giving them counsel. And without fail, you watch them go to the weakest people in the church. I'm not talking about weak because they've not struggled. I'm talking about weak because maybe they've gone through a battle and somebody will whisper in their ear and speak to 
to their bitterness and speak to their hurt and tell them, well, you didn't deserve that. And you know what you ought to do. And you know the church, and they all say all sorts of things. Amen. Thank you. I don't feel that around here, but I'm just going to put it into the bedrock of the church that if you ever hear somebody that is just nonstop, amen, whispering in people's ears, mark those that cause division, the Bible says. Watch them and say, I'm not going to even walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Oh, and let me just preach to somebody. Amen. The counsel of the ungodly never appears ungodly. It always shows up as being, amen, a higher plane of thinking. Amen. You have a right to be offended. You have a right to be bitter. You have every excuse in the book. They'll even come by, and it'll feel encouraging in the moment. But you've got to check in your spirit and try the spirits, whether they be of God or not, and say, is this godly counsel or ungodly? Godly counsel. You didn't deserve that. Yeah, they're right about that. But what's ungodly is they want me to continue in my bitterness and keep walking down the road of bitterness. But bitterness kills, church. Bitterness destroys marriages. It destroys families. It'll destroy destroy churches. It'll destroy lives. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray for a moment. Come on. The blessed man doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm, I'm too blessed to listen to that junk. I'm too blessed to listen to people that don't have, a, don't have an ounce of God in them. I, I'm just too blessed to listen to people that haven't prayed this week. I'm just too blessed to listen to people that have never read their Bibles. I'm just too blessed. Oh, somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Next time somebody comes to give you some stupid advice, and I tell you what stupid advice is, if it contradicts the Word of God. That is stupid advice. You shall not surely die. Stupid advice. It didn't kill Adam and Eve in the moment, but their cells started dying immediately. And although there was not there was not an absolute death, death started being a reality. Their eyes were open, and now they couldn't see spiritually because they listened to ungodly counsel. You ought to put this in your spirit, put this in your pocket for a, for a rainy day because it'll happen. Uh, there'll be somebody, amen, and it always meets you and I uh, at the point when we need that counsel the most. And there will always be counterfeits in those moments. But let's continue on. They don't stand in the way or the path of sinners because sinners have a path. Amen, we are all sinners saved by grace. So let's never forget that. However, the sinners have a path in which they stand. The righteous man knows that he does not belong on that path because the Bible says that wide is the gate. There's a lot of people that are heading down a path. Amen. They're going a direction. Amen. They're traveling on a direction. I I, I get nervous when I start seeing church folk have more in common with the world than they do with the church and the word of God. They agree more with things that, that are, are anti-Christ, although they never use that term. Man, I've, I've seen churches do this. They get in agreement. Man, the Bible even asks the question, what, what, what agreement has Christ with Belial or the devil? There is no agreement. <laughs> what agreement has light with darkness? There is no agreement. Amen. We don't have an agreement with this present world. Amen. I, I have no loyalties to this present world. I'm, I'm, I'm a foreigner that's just visiting here until he decides to take me home. I'm just an ambassador. Amen. Sent on a mission from my king to tell everybody about a kingdom that's a lot better than this kingdom. Amen. The sinners have a path. The path speaks of a way, a road, a direction. And we realize we are not traveling on the same road as a sinner. Amen. But I also want to talk about this for a moment. Amen. You've got to be careful. Amen. If you're going to be a blessed individual, you cannot stand in the way of sinners. Amen. Sinners have a path. And some sinners' path is leading them further away from God. But some sinners have a path like the prodigal son that are leading them back home to the father's house. Hallelujah. 
And, and what we cannot do is we cannot stand in their way as they are coming to the house of the Lord and they are coming to the church of the living God. We cannot stand in their way. I'm not, I, I know that offenses come, but I'm not looking to intentionally offend people as they are walking on their way to God or if it's a prodigal on their way back to God. I don't want to stand in anybody's way. God, if any part of me is hindering a sinner from getting to you. Uh, let me step out of the way. Uh, let me step out of the path uh, so they can make it to the altar. So they can... I'll tell you what a blessed church is. A blessed church is one that does not stand in the way of sinners. You can come however you want to come, but when God gets done with you, you're going to be changed, and you're going to be as blessed as we are. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and shout. Come on, somebody ought to give God praise. We don't need to stand in the way of sinners. We don't need to be an offense to them or a stumbling block to them. It's hard enough to come to church as it is. You ever thought about that? Maybe it's been a long time since somebody walked into church for the first time. But I think about it. What, what, what did I think? I have to go back and I remind myself, how did I feel? Amen, I... I felt that I was I was trapped because they put me in the middle aisle in the middle. That if you bring a visitor, put them in the middle. That's a great place because they can't get out. Amen. I started looking for the exit signs, and but I also remember being nervous to even go to church because will I be accepted? Will they will they talk to me? Amen. Will they acknowledge my existence or will I just slide in and slide out? Amen, church. We I think we got a great we got a great friendly church here. We we take time every service to shake hands, and I think we ought to do that. If you see a guest or a visitor, Amen, it ought to be a rush, Amen, to them. Not 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 to overwhelm them, but they ought to, they ought to feel like uh, this is the friendliest church I have ever been to. And I know I've heard that from some people. They said, "Man, this church is so friendly." Amen. We got to keep that going, church, because we want to be a blessed church. Amen. I don't want to stand in the way of sinners. Amen. I want to do everything in my way, everything in my power to remove things out of the path so that sinners can come to the altar, so that sinners can come to church because I want to be a blessed church. I want to be a blessed people, blessed with revival. I want God to know you can send them and we will care for them. I truly believe, and I've seen this in my home church, that God will send people as a test of whether or not you and I are ready for revival. And it will often come as somebody that you just don't jive with. Are you ready for a personal revival? He'll send somebody your direction that steps on your toes. See, there's some folks that are with me right now because you have felt that. In fact, I might be your revival. Praise God. I showed up to step on your toes. But there are times where God will send that. I remember my home church had a few of those, amen, uh, that, that they just came in. And I, I really do believe God sent them uh, to find out how we would treat them. I remember picking up a guy uh, from, from the homeless shelter, and, amen, he stunk so bad that, amen, nobody else wanted to sit around him. And I had to roll down my car window in the wintertime just to get to church. And by the time he left, for three days later, my car stunk. I'm not exaggerating one bit, uh, amen. And I, I tried to offer a free shower. I tried to offer for, amen, some clothes. I try. oh, no, I'm doing great, brother. I said, all right, praise God. Amen. But I said, Lord, amen, such were some of us. Lord, what a testimony in the making is this man. I'm preaching about it tonight. Amen. I want to tell you that God will send sinners to the church to see how the church will treat them. But I want to tell you, we're a blessed church. God, you can send them. We won't stand in their way. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. In Jesus' name. Come on. Hallelujah. Let God work on them. Let God clean them up. Let God, come on, just be friendly. Just love them. Hallelujah. I want to preach to somebody. Continue in that love. Continue in that generosity. Continue in that friendliness. Amen. That's what God's using to bring revival. And finally. They do not sit in the seat of the scornful. The scornful love to sit and criticize people of God and the things of God. Hallelujah. 
The righteous man will not sit in that seat. If you're going to be like a tree that's planted, you can't sit in that seat. Oh, hallelujah. Because it's easy to sit in the seat with the critic. It's called the grandstands. Observing everybody else trying. That's easy to sit in the stands and criticize, but it's wrong. Hallelujah. If we are sitting in the seat of the scornful, we lose out on sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In fact, when you sit, by the time you get to this progression, you will be seated. You know, if you if you sit next to somebody, again, I don't want to contradict what I just said about not standing in the way of sinners. But if you if you are constantly seated, I'm talking about belonging to a group or a clique that is always downplaying and downgrading the things of God. You need to find some new friends. Get you some friends that are talking about what God's been talking to them about. Get you some friends that will talk about the word of God. Get you some friends, uh, amen, that will talk about revival. Get you some friends that will talk about how good God is. Get you, if you want to be blessed, uh, you're going to have to abdicate your seat uh, and say, I can't sit here any longer. If, I don't think this will ever happen, but if you're sitting in church, uh, amen, next to somebody that just, they, they look like they sucked on a lemon for six months, and I'm not talking about a visitor, I'm talking about they've been in church, but you don't know if church has been in them, and, and they're sitting there, and I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that, I don't know if I like that, and they want to come by and whisper in your ear and talk to you about what they don't like, and what they, hey, I don't like how they sang that song, and I don't like how, they, oh, that drum was off beat, well, our drummer's never off a beat, but it's all right, you know, we, we, we want to talk about all the things, oh, well, I, I would have done this a little different, I would have done that a little, you need to tell them, hey, either you're going to leave your seat or I'm getting up from mine and I'm moving to the other side of the church. Sometimes revival is when you get up from your seat and you change and you play musical chairs and say, I'm not sitting next to brother critic or sister critic no more. I'm not going to let them whisper in my ear because I want to be a blessed man. I want to be a blessed woman. I want to be a blessed child of God. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, this seat is reserved for somebody that's not going to criticize God or the move of God or the things of God. And if you want to have revival with me, this seat is available. If you want to serve God with me, this seat is available. If you want to talk about the things of God, the seat at Denny's is available. If you... If you want to talk about how good God is, the seat at my table is available because I got time for other blessed individuals that they're planted like trees by water and they're ready to talk about the things of God and meditate on the things of God and express the things of God. Somebody ought to clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on. Are you blessed tonight? I'm blessed. I'm not walking in the way of the counsel of ungodly people. I'm not standing in the way of sinners. And I'm not seated in the seat, in the critic seat. I'm blessed. Oh, somebody all lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on. Come on, somebody ought to magnify the Lord. I'm blessed because I'm not seated in some places. I'm blessed, amen, because I'm not walking in certain directions. I'm blessed because I'm not standing in the way. So he starts off with the negative, says this is what the blessed person doesn't do. But let me tell you what the blessed person does do. Let's talk about the affirmative for a moment. But his delight. Shall be, shall be in the law of the Lord, and in his law will he meditate day and night. I love people like that. You, ever, you, you, got, you got some things that you delight in? Let's talk about delight for a moment. Come on. When you talk about delight, amen, there are things uh, you don't, you know, I delight in ice cream. <laughs> you don't have to beg me to eat ice cream. I delight in it. Hallelujah. You you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to prod me to eat it. I, I'll you, you, now Brussels sprouts. You might have to prod me to do that. 
<laughs> but I, I delight in ice cream a little too much. I delight in Chick-fil-A, the Lord's chicken. I delight in a lot of things, but I delight in the Lord, and I delight in the law of the Lord. You just ask about just about anybody. You just start talking about Scripture. I can't help myself. Because I delight in the law of the Lord. Amen. I want to ask you a question. What makes you happy? What gets you excited? What, what, what gets you up in the morning? Amen. I, I want to I ask somebody a question. Uh, what's important to you? Uh, amen. I, I want to ask you, is it a personal pleasure? Is that the only thing that makes you happy? Uh, amen. Is, is it your family, your friends? There's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Uh, amen. Those are great things to delight in. Uh, but I want to tell you there's something better uh, that you can encapsulate all of those things. Uh, and that's when somebody uh, delights in the law of the Lord. And they get excited. I get excited. David was delighted in the Lord because he proclaimed, I was glad. I was excited. I was ecstatic. I delighted. I was so happy that one day they brought me to church. That one day I got to come to the house of the Lord. What gets you excited? Uh, do you get excited shouting? Uh, do you get excited dancing? Uh, do you get excited when somebody's preaching the word? Uh, do you get excited uh, when the Bible's going plain in your ear? What do you delight in? I've made it up in my mind. I want to be blessed. I want to delight in the law of the Lord, and I want to meditate in it day in and day out. Somebody ought to get excited for a moment. Come on, what you're passionate about? Come on, do you just go to church or are you passionate about church? Do you just show up because you like the music or are you passionate about the music? Are you ecstatic about the fact you get to worship God again? Is the Lord your delight? Amen. We've got to check ourselves. We're going to surely be blessed. We've got to delight ourselves in the law of the Lord. And we've got to meditate in it day in. And day out, the righteous individual ponders the word of God morning, noon, and night. Does not just hear it and forget it. He thinks about it. She thinks about it. Amen. We've got to get the art of meditation back. Amen. Not Eastern meditation, which says uh, to empty one's mind. Uh, but we need to get Christian meditation, uh, which says fill your mind. Paul put it this way, amen, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, he said, think on these. What's he saying? Meditate day in and day out on the goodness of God and the, and the word of the Lord. See the contradiction between the scornful? They meditate on what they don't like. Amen. But there is something about a blessed individual that meditates on the word of God. Meditation is like, amen, it's a representation, amen, of chewing the cud, which, was, which is indicative of whether or not an animal was clean or unclean. They would, they would chew on it. They'd get all the sweetness. Amen. They'd get all of the nutrition they could. They would swallow it. And then later they'd bring it back up and they chew on it some more so they can get a little more sweetness and get a little more nutrition and God said that's a clean animal that's a clean person I want to tell you what a blessed person is what a righteous person is it's somebody that says oh that was a good word on Sunday but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it back in my ear and chew on it a little more I'm gonna read that book again I'm going to hear that word again. And they chew on it. And they chew on it. And they chew on it. Amen. We've got to have the Lord's word be our meditation all of the day. I'll go to the gym and everybody got their headphones on, earbuds in. Probably listen to techno. I got some Alexander Scorby. Y'all know about that. Reading the King James Bible. He just, or the ESV. Amen. And. Amen. It may not make sense to a whole lot of people, but I want to tell you, amen, I, 
I, I, I, want, I, want, I want his word to be my meditation all the day. Some people got CNN and Fox News going nonstop, and that's why they're depressed all the time, and that's why they're always so negative. They got some uh, rap star, sports star speaking in their ear. Amen. They've got something else going on. Uh, they've got worldly music, but I've made it up in my mind. Uh, I want his word uh, to be my delight. And then he says, and he or she shall be like a tree that is planted. How the righteous man is blessed. I'll tell you how the righteous man is blessed. What, what can we liken it to? A blessed individual is like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. Can I talk to somebody about your season? Hallelujah. Don't get discouraged when it's somebody else's season. You just keep yourself planted until it's your season. Amen. When you're planted, uh, you're not concerned with everybody else's season. Uh, when you're planted, you're not concerned about where everybody else is seated. Uh, when you're planted, uh, can I preach to somebody uh, things, uh, amen, that people that are planted, uh, amen, they, 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 they don't move. Uh, people that are planted, they don't move. Uh, they don't move, uh, amen, to where they walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, because when you're planted, uh, you don't have any ability to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Godly, uh, and you can't move yourself uh, to stand in the way of sinners, uh, and you sure can't sit down uh, in the seat of the scornful. When you plant yourself by a river, uh, you stay by that river. Uh, you make it up in your mind. Uh, this river's giving me life. Uh, this river's blessing my family. Uh, this river's helping me. Uh, this river's helping me prosper. Uh, this river's blessing me, uh, and I wouldn't trade it uh, for anything else else in this world let's stand across the building and let's lift up our hands come on the ungodly they're moving like chaff with the wind the ungodly, they're always flowing from here to there. They're always moving from here to there. One day they're walking, one day they're standing, one day they're sitting, but the man that's blessed has planted himself You see, we've got decisions to make. What kind of tree do you want to be? You want to be a bonsai tree? Y'all don't know about the bonsai. There's a whole art called bonsai. They take a tree that has the ability and the capacity to grow. And they clip it every time it grows. Oh, come on, somebody. So that it fits inside the house. Dependent upon the watering of its owner. It must get nutrients from a bottle. Hallelujah. But the blessed man ain't like that. See, you got a decision and I got a decision. How tall do I want to be in God? Come on. Do I want to be a shrub or do I want to be a sequoia? Come on. Hey, man, well, I, you know, you just don't know, preacher. I just limited. I, you're cutting your own leaves, and you're cutting back your own branches, and you've, you've limited yourself. I'll tell you why you're limited, huh? because you put yourself in a pot. You put yourself in a pot that can go from one place to another depending on how you feel that week. Uh, you, can be, you can be transplanted uh, from one spot to another. Uh, amen. Transplant me this week uh, to, to listen to ungodly counsel. Transplant me next week to stand in somebody's way. Uh, transplant me the next week uh, so I can sit in the seat of the scornful because I just don't like what's going on around here. Amen. But you got to make it up in your mind. Uh, I don't want to be transplanted every time. Uh, amen. My uh, my emotions change. I want to be blessed. And blessings come from consistency. Blessings come from being planted. 
Blessings come when you find the river and you plant yourself at the river and say it might take 20 years, but I'll grow at this river. It might get colder than it is in the house, but I'll grow right here. It might get dark and rainy. It might get frosty and cold. I may not have what the house plant has, but I've got a blessing by this river. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. Come on, you could be a comfortable bonsai if you want. Come on, you could be a comfortable bonsai that if you don't get bottle fed and you don't get spoon fed, you'll lose your leaves, you'll lose your nutrition, and you'll never produce fruit, and you'll never grow beyond a foot tall. Or you can say, Lord, it might be more difficult this way, but there's a river, and if I can get planted by this river, my leaves will not wither. If I get planted by this river, I will be blessed. If I get planted by this river my fruits coming maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but someday my fruits coming when my season comes and I will prosper somebody lift up your hands and pray are you planted come on are you blessed you're blessed if you're planted you ain't blessed if you're flaky you're not blessed if you if you got a wandering spirit on you, a vagabond spirit. You ain't blessed. That's 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 not blessed. If you're always vacillating here and there and how you feel this week and how you feel that week, that's not blessings. But you're blessed if you're planted. Let me just talk to somebody for a moment. Just have a fireside chat with the pastor. Some people get frustrated. Because they haven't seen fruit. They haven't seen any fruit. But they keep getting transplanted. You know it's a curse to wander. God cursed Cain to be a wanderer. I might talk about that another time. It's a curse to be a vagabond. One thing I appreciate is that there's been so many people in this church, even well before we showed up, that just put their roots down. You might live in a different city, but you said, man, this is my church. Praise God. This is where God, it's where the rivers flow, and I can't, I, I, I wish there was a, a river that was a little closer, more convenient, but there's a river flowing. You planted yourself. But we've all seen the people that have just come through transplanting. New, old, doesn't matter. And they never produce any fruit. Because every time they're getting ready to produce some fruit and God really starts working on them. I've had some people say, oh, pastor, help me. Give me some advice. And they don't like the advice I give them. Tell me what I got to do to grow. That's why I tell them what they got to do to grow. I don't like that. I don't like it either. But that's what it's going to take if you want to produce fruit. Yeah, sure, it's a lot easier to be a houseplant. Now, I'll be real with you. I got some house plants, but my garden's a lot better than my house plants because God never misses a day of rain. If you need somebody to come by and spritz you so you can get a little growth, it's all right if you're brand new. It's been 30 years and you need, still need somebody to come by and spritz you. It's time to get in the garden. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't just blink at me if you agree. Just twitch. But I got some house plants for the mark. I don't got a green thumb. Some of y'all got a green thumb. Some of y'all are just green. And those house plants do all right for a season. Until I forget they're in the laundry room. Until I got to do another load of laundry. And I, I always notice I better water that thing, Elder Johnson, because it's, it's, his hands are hanging down. It's a little low. Now, see, Sister Tiffany got us a plant that just doesn't die, so that's good. You can just be one of those. But I think it might be plastic. I don't know. I figured it out. But, but I, I come in and I go, oh, no, it's withered. I better, I better be reactive with this one. Yeah. Hurry up and give us some water and pray it comes back to life. And this is where you see people 
and, and, and hear me. Please understand me. I, I don't want to be critical. I believe in going to the altar. Please come to the altar. Don't miss the altar. In fact, even if you don't necessarily need the altar, come to the altar anyways because there's a river flowing. This is why you see some people vacillate through such extremes. Withered. Then they go to the altar, they fling themselves on the altar, and they come back to life. So understand me, I mean, you need to come to the altar. They're, they're just, they're just houseplants. And houseplants, they get the nice, the nice air conditioning. It's the same temperature all year around. They don't have to endure any frost, any, 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 any heat waves. They don't have to endure too much sun, but they also never produce you and I have the decision. Are we going to let God transplant us every time we start to wither? And God has to do some great and mighty thing and a mighty move of God. they got to sing the right song huh, so that I can get enough nutrients to get through the month and through the week. And God, come by and, and, and just spritz me with the Holy Ghost for a moment so I can come back to life. Or are you going to be blessed? Amen. And are you going to be prospered in every way that you go and say, don't worry, God. I found the river and I planted myself. And as tall as you want me to grow, I'll grow. And as much as you want me to produce. I'll produce. If I got to go through cold, I'll go through the cold, but strengthen me, Lord. If I got to go through the heat wave, my leaf will never wither because I'll never get dry because I got a river. Lift up your hands. I'm done talking to us tonight. If you want to prosper in every way that you go, the only way you produce, the only way you prosper is when you make it up in your mind. My roots are going deep. I am planting myself. I am planting myself. Amen. Others might step on my toes. Amen. But those toes have been planted. Amen. That might, I've been planted in the house of my God. I've been planted where the river flows. I want to open up this altar. Would you come to the front and make a declaration? I'm blessed and everything I do shall prosper because I've been planted. If you're making a declaration tonight or you've already made that declaration, I want to encourage you to come to the altar and make the declaration again. God, let my roots go as deep as they need to. Amen. Maybe I hit a dry spell. It's not time to transplant. It's not time to get watered somewhere else. I'm just going to let my roots go a little deeper until I go past bedrock and I get to the aquifer and I get to the river and I get down to that river bed and I get a hold of the nutrients I need because my leaf will not wither. My fruit will come, but it's only going to come in consistency and plantedness. Come on. Come on, somebody pray. Once you're planted, you're planted. Once you're planted, you're planted. Don't move me. Don't remove me. Just let me grow. Just let me grow right where God put me. Come on, there's some blessed people in the house of the Lord. You want to know where all your blessings are coming from? It's because you made a decision to be planted. You made a decision to be planted. And when you made that decision to be planted in the Lord, he's blessing everything you do. Everything your hand touches is prospering. And you can't figure it out. I'll tell you what it is. You said, I'll be planted. Come on, the blessings of the Lord are flowing in this house. Come on, maybe you're in this house today and you just, you just, you, you, you've not allowed yourself to be planted and you've only allowed yourself to be a house plant and, amen, you've just allowed yourself to only go so deep. God wants to take you to the garden tonight. God wants to plant you by the river tonight where you can make it, where your, your leaf will never wither and your fruit will come when it's time and everything will prosper that you touch because you're planted. Come on, as we begin to sing and worship the Lord, somebody lift up your voice and magnify him. Come on. Come on, be planted. He said, abide in me and I in you. That's planted. Abide in me and I in you, and you'll produce fruit. That's planted. Connected. Connected to the river. Connected to the vine. Be planted. Be planted.
Come on, somebody pray in this house. Everything you do shall prosper. Not because you're smart, not because you got all these things going for you, but because you made the decision to be planted. Everything you shall do shall prosper. Everything you do shall prosper. Somebody needs to claim that tonight. Everything I do shall prosper because I made the decision to be planted. My business is going to prosper because I made the decision to be planted. My family's going to be prospered because I made the decision my family's planted. My kids, my marriage, everything's going to prosper. Somebody make that declaration tonight. God, I'm planted. I found the river and I'm planted. I found the river and I'm planted. I found the river and I'm planted. You chose to plant me here. I'm planted. I'm planted. I'm planted. And there's a river flowing. And everything I do shall prosper. God's moving in this house. Plant yourself in an altar. Plant yourself in a church. Plant yourself in the work of God. Plant yourself. God, I'm planting. I'm planting. I will grow. I will grow. And everything I do shall prosper. Somebody's getting some strength tonight. Somebody's getting some root systems tonight. You know, those roots mean stability. Stability. When the wind comes, I'm not like the chaff. I don't fly by the, every, every wind that comes. I'm stable in the Lord. I'm stable in the house of the Lord. There's fruit coming from tonight's service. There's fruit coming from tonight's service. But it comes when you plant yourself. Plant yourself. Let your roots go down and say, God, I found the river. I found the river and I'm planting myself. talk to somebody for a moment. There are no, everybody say no, everybody say zero. There are no barren trees in God's orchard. 
John 15, he said, whatever doesn't bear fruit, cut it off. If there's parts of your life that are not bearing fruit, cut it off. Jesus put it this way. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. What's he really saying? If there's something that is hindering you from producing fruit, get rid of that. Right? Because you're either getting rid of what is not producing or you're getting rid of the vine, which is Jesus. Never get rid of the vine. That's where life comes from. Jesus tells a parable of a tree that in the middle of the ground, the, the, the master comes by and says, why isn't this? I've come by for years. And it still has not produced any fruit. He said, cut it down. Because there will be no trees in his ground that do not produce fruit. But God sent a preacher said, Lord, just one, one more year. Let's just put a little fertilizer. Let's just have a Wednesday night Bible study. Let's just have a Wednesday night preaching. Amen. Let's just, just give it a little more time. And he comes back later and it's produced fruit. And if it didn't produce fruit, he, would have, he said, Lord, if it doesn't produce fruit, you, you, you get rid of it. The worker told the master, I'm not, I'm not cutting it down. You can do that. But when you're planted, and you're planted by the river, you will produce fruit in your season. I just feel to tell somebody that. You will produce fruit in your season. God's a lot more patient sometimes than we are. He knows it's coming. It's got the semblance. It's got the flower there. He knows fruit's coming, but it's not the right season. Don't give up. It may not be your season yet. But when you're a blessed individual, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You will bring forth fruit in your season your leaf will not wither, and whatever you do will prosper. Is anybody planted tonight? Anybody want to be planted tonight? Let's pray one more time. Thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit that we feel. Thank you for the river. God, the river that flows from Calvary. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. God, that river that flows in the Holy Ghost. I thank you, the river washed by the water of the word, the river that flows from your word, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be planted in your word, planted in your spirit, planted in your church, God. Amen, Lord, that we could, we could make sure that we are producing fruit in our season, that our leaves will not wither, and whatever we do, God, we will have it prosper because we are blessed enough, amen, to be planted. Amen, we are blessed because we are planted, and amen, we are planted, amen, because we are blessed. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. We're going to declare this here tonight. Repeat after me. I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I will bring forth my fruit in my season. My leaf will not wither, and whatever I do will prosper because I am planted. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. God bless you. Let's come ready on Sunday. Amen. For another time in the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you.